Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. As always, I am Illegal86 and I am joined by my good friend Tectic. Heyo. And my also good friend, not playing favorites, Nerd Bomber. Hello everybody. And we are here, as always, to talk to you about various nerd things and sundry. I have another full show for you all today. We're going to be talking about this Trevorrow. I, you know, I just asked before we started how to pronounce his last name. Trevorrow? Trevorrow? The guy who was supposed to be directing Star Wars 9 and then dropped out. There's apparently a Trevorrow cut, or really, I guess, the script is out there. We're going to talk about uh, what we've heard leaked from that. We're going to be talking about Digimon and a potential Digimon reboot, which is apparently Nerd Bomber's first love? Question mark? More on that later. And um, we're going to be talking about this new trailer from Netflix for Spencer Confidential. So, again, a very full show. But uh, before we get into it, how are, how are y'all doing? I'm doing how, pretty how well. How have you been? It's, it's been a good week. How's the dog? The dog is amazing. He is loving life right now. Had a great weekend. We got a little bit of snow. He romped around. Fantastic. He and I, we usually actually call each other on the phone to catch up, usually over the weekend, but we didn't have a chance this weekend because we were both uh, super busy. So just tell him I said hi. Will do. He's a, he's a good dog. I don't really know what else to say about, about him, just that I, that I love him. And I love my own dog, too. Again, not playing favorites. Uh, let's talk about, about Colin. Tre- I'm going to stick with Trevorrow for the rest of the episode. And if it's wrong, someone, I'm sure, will go on Twitter and correct me. So basically, for those that have not heard, essentially a, a script for Star Wars 9 that this guy was developing way back in like 2016 has leaked online. And, and in 2017, Colin Trevorrow left the project uh, due to what he was calling creative differences. Uh, and then, J- of course, as we know now, J.J. Abrams came along and reworked the story um, into what we are have now seen because um, the three of us have all seen it hopefully you have seen star wars rise of skywalker at this point because i think we're probably going to be getting into the nitty-gritty details potential spoilers ahead but anyways this script has leaked online and I, i'm, I'm going to kind of hit some of the high points i'm not going to go through the entire script but here are some of the major bullet points rose tico who we know from this version of rise of skywalker was not really involved at all is way more involved in the trevorrow cut her and her and finn essentially uh have to go to Coruscant. They wind up converting a bunch of stormtroopers to the resistance. It's a whole big thing. It sounds like Finn's storyline is also much more expanded and it, it creates an ending to his arc, given that he was initially a defecting stormtrooper as well. Anyways, they're on Coruscant. Basically, they have to ignite an ancient beacon in the old Jedi Temple, which will call the entire galaxy to war because the big thing is that uh, the First Order is trying to limit communication between planets after the end of uh, The Last Jedi because they figure the Resistance will only grow in strength based on the whole Luke Skywalker thing. At the end of the movie, Finn and Rose lead a group of Force-sensitive youth to a remote planet where Rey is waiting to train the next generation of Jedi, including uh, the broom boy from Last Jedi, if you remember the ending of that movie. As far as Raylo is concerned, well, Kylo Ren is essentially a super, super bad guy. He still dies. He has never turned to the good side, although Rey tries with the help of a ghost Luke Skywalker, a ghost, a ghost Obi-Wan Kenobi, and a ghost Yoda. That's really kind of the high points. Ray's parents are actually still nobodies. They, uh, apparently Colin Trevorrow stuck with the last Jedi thing of making her parents basically nobody. So yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of just wanted to start things off. Um, you guys, I, I assume, read about the Trevorrow cut. Uh, what are your general thoughts, especially relative to the existing cut of Rise of Skywalker? So I'm a little bit confused why they went away from this direction, because in my opinion, and people may disagree with me, but in my opinion, this seems like a way better movie to me than what we actually got in Rise of Skywalker. Completely I, agreed. But there's so many like tie, loose ties from The Last Jedi that get seem like they would have gotten wrapped up at least. I really like the whole 
next generation of Jedi training school type thing because I felt like that was one of the major loose ends from The Last Jedi is they show that broom boy at the end of The Last Jedi and it seems like, you know, all of these people who are force sensitive are out there in the world and that's kind of also why I liked why Rey was a nobody because it kind of meant that anybody had the power to influence and embrace the power of the force and do good. And so I kind of like that. I don't understand why they went away from this. I don't know what the creative differences were that led them from this script. I mean, maybe it was too dark. Like maybe they didn't like that Kylo Ren was irredeemable because he was such a popular character with people. And maybe because Adam Driver is such a popular actor, they didn't feel like they wanted to go in that direction. And so they scrapped everything. But in my opinion, like I would have liked this movie a lot better. I like that you mentioned that it gave purpose to the broom boy too, because it felt like that just was hanging out there and didn't really flow. And that also kind of brings insight to the scene where he came across um, that other group of peoples on that water planet who were like, oh yeah, we also were ex-stormtroopers, cool beans. And then that was the end of that. It didn't fit anywhere else. Exactly. Whereas... With this story arc, it makes that make sense. So it seems like they took little pieces of kind of every little script that someone had an idea of and mushed it into what we got. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I, I think, so Nerbomber, I think you touched on the major reason why this probably wasn't pursued is that I think, I think Kathleen Kennedy and the people at Lucasfilm and Disney, for whatever reason, wanted a redemption arc for Kylo Ren. I think that it would have been cooler for them to go the way that Trevorrow wanted to go. And, and here's why. Darth Vader has a similar kind of arc in in the initial three movies right he is eventually redeemed and he he sees he comes back to the light side of the force and you could argue he fulfills the prophecy that's talked about in one through three kylo ren in the existing version of rise of skywalker that we got kind of follows that same arc right he eventually returns to the light side of the force he does wind up dying but he does so to kind of sacrifice himself for good it's fine it's we've seen it before I think it would have been much more interesting and, and much more of a subversion of that Star Wars trope for for them to come together, which, by the way, Kylo Ren also spent some time on Mustafar. Uh, this script that didn't get made features Coruscant and Mustafar, and those are two reasons why I'm also like super in. But uh, it would have been so interesting at the end of this movie to see Rey and Luke and Yoda and Obi-Wan try to save Kylo Ren, and you think they're going to be able to do it, and then they can't, and they just have to kill him. Like, I, th- I think that would have been a cool moment. It would have been going against the grain of Star Wars, which which might have been why it didn't happen, but I think it would have been a lot more entertaining. And to speak to your point, Tactic, about the whole Stormtrooper thing and how they kind of just wedged it into into the existing Rise of Skywalker, I don't know what movie, what elements of Trevorrow's screenplay got taken and kind of shoehorned into jj's script not very many i would think but like you said i think it would have been way better for for that transition of 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 finn finding stormtroopers and turning them to the resistance i think that would have a lot more interesting to watch than just finding some people who said yeah we used to be stormtroopers and now we're not anymore i don't know i mean i think another big thing about this script is that the ties to the last jedi are stronger i mean i mean for one they maintain ryan johnson's decision about ray's heritage but they also seem to reference uh the battle of crate and and the ending of last jedi that featured luke skywalker you know essentially embarrassing kylo ren they, they feature that a lot more heavily in the plot of this last movie whereas the movie that we got is kind of just saying yeah the last jedi didn't really happen and let's move on and i did not like the last jedi as a movie but i thought it was also kind of a clunky decision for them to leave it by the wayside and just try to cram so much movie into however long rise of skywalker was so i don't know 
I, I mean, I wonder. Part of me wonders too if so. In the opening crawl from the script, apparently they basically say that Kylo Ren has silenced all communications and has seized control of the farthest reaches of the galaxy. And then, um, obviously, General Leia is the one leading the resistance. And I wonder if some of the decision to move away from the script too was in reaction to Carrie Fisher's death, because I mean, they only I think they had what ten minutes of footage that they were working from and CGI. And so I wonder if maybe that just didn't work. Maybe Leia was a very integral part of the script somehow, and they couldn't find a way to walk it back and fix it without her. Yeah. So so the summary I'm reading doesn't seem, besides her mention in the opening crawl, doesn't seem to feature Leia much, but we don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't have the full script in front of me. For all we know, she had a lot more of a part, and I believe the script is dated December 2016. So at that point, I think she was still alive. So maybe that did change quite a bit. And, you know, I think we might have talked about this when we talked about Rise of Skywalker a few episodes back. But the way that the new trilogy is designed, right, is it's designed with these three movies where Force Awakens is really, is really Han Solo's movie. Last Jedi is Luke Skywalker's movie. And all along, this episode nine was supposed to be Princess Leia's movie. And obviously it kind of didn't turn out that way just because of the way, just unfortunately because of how she passed. But I'm wondering how much that was baked into this script relative to uh, the one that we wound up seeing. I don't know. I'm also kind of wondering how this how this leaked and why it leaked now. You know, there's not many details on that in the article, but I I I, I do wonder how many people are seeing this this potential script that never was and thinking like what we're thinking, which is, wow, this would have been a lot better. And if there are lessons to be learned at all, I don't know. But I really did not like Finn's character arc at all, and this seems to really make up for that. So Well, he didn't seem like he had any agency of his own. It felt like he was on a wild goose chase. Chasing that, Ray around. The yeah. Entire, That's, that was his job, just yelling, Ray, Ray. Yeah, exactly. Whereas and, the plot from this Trevorrow script seems like he actually, it was kind of like in The Last Jedi where the, the trio of Finn and Ray and Poe, they all broke up and had their own adventures. And this would have continued along that track further developing their characters as individuals but instead they basically just made him a tag along and kind of reduced him to not much i i really and again i might have talked about this when we talked about rise of skywalker the first time but if there's one main gripe that i have with the new trilogy it's that i thought finn's i, I thought the beginning of his character him being a defecting stormtrooper it's so interesting there's so much dramatic meat on that bone and they didn't take any of it off i feel like his character was just completely wasted so you know that's just one way that i think this script is better i think i mean i don't know it's i don't want to speculate but trevorrow so he's what he's most known for is jurassic world which was like pretty good it wasn't like amazing but i you know it did very well uh he made a really terrible movie right before he left star wars so people are people kind of think he was forced out there are some people who think that at least I don't maybe know where they I stand just didn't on that. trust if his last movie was a flop. Maybe they just didn't trust him bomb. to see this through. Do you know it's what movie the, that was? It's called The Book of Henry. I've never seen it. Um, that but sounds it was familiar. Like the definition of a bomb, critically and commercially, it was just a complete flop. I don't remember what it was about. I don't really remember much of anything about it. But I remember that movie came out, and then I believe the timeline was soon after that he announced that he was moving on. And now. Uh, what is he associated with now? I feel like he's still associated with Star Wars in some way. I might not be able to Google that live. Let's see. I'm going to go to his Wikipedia and see. Uh, so he's he's uh, doing uh, Jurassic World 3 and he did Jurassic World 2. So he, he still has that going for him. And he I believe he still has story credit on 
Rise of Skywalker, but I don't know why, because they essentially completely replaced his script. So I don't know. I think this is great. I I, I think it's cool that we're hearing about it. You know, we heard about the JJ cut, which I can't remember if we talked about that on, on this show, but we heard about the JJ cut. Now we're hearing about this. And this is the best thing I've heard about. And it, it does leave me a little bit frustrated that maybe, this isn't what was made. Maybe this will yield him having some kind of influence in the next spinoff, the next great Star right. Wars adventure. It is kind of interesting how all of these different cuts and scripts are getting leaked after movies come out. And it seems like it's when people are very unsatisfied with how the movie happens. I mean, this is what we've seen with Justice League. They've been clamoring for the full extended Snyder cut for, man, it feels like forever right. at this point. And the same thing here with the the JJ cut and now this additional script. And it makes you wonder, so in all of the successful movies where you don't get backlash from the fans, how many different revisions of a script do you think movies see before they actually hit on the final one? It feels like the uh, the alternate Super Bowl champ hats that just kind of disappear. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, I, see, when I think about this entire experience, I this, this piece of news, really, I think that Trevorrow is really the winner here because it gets him a lot of free publicity for not having done this movie really at all. And a lot of people like us are going to think that his script was better. So it's going to have them excited for what he does next. And, and like you said, if he could potentially be involved in a Star Wars movie down the line. I don't know how many bridges he burned, Kathleen Kennedy and with Disney. There's a lot of stuff that's under wraps that we'll just, we'll just never know. But um, it is interesting how we hear stuff like, yeah, you mentioned the Snyder Cut. I'm still hearing about the Snyder Cut. How many years ago did that movie come out? I think it was like three or four years ago at this point. It feels like forever yeah. ago. And they've done absolutely nothing with that franchise since... Right. And we're, you know, when we're still hearing about the Snyder Cut and people are saying apparently the Snyder Cut's amazing, but maybe we'll never know. I, I think it would be interesting, you know, you know, to see, I mean, and granted this, this never got to the filming stage, so we would never be able to see like the Trevorrow Cut, right? I mean, with the Snyder Cut, as far as I know, doesn't that exist? I think so. All of the cut material is out there in the world. So... I'm sure it probably does exist somewhere in full form. Kind of like, honestly, if you go back in the original Star Wars movie. Yeah, they have like special editions that there's a bunch of added stuff. Right. And there's actually, I think it, it was Rocket Jump. They put together a really nice video showing how like the original edit was actually pretty terrible. And yeah. in editing, they basically saved the movie. So yep. we're not yeah, affiliated I'm- with Rocket Jump in any way, but it's just an interesting video to watch. Honestly, I think it's like a 20 to 30 minute long video. And I, it was super interesting. But how interesting would it be to see like, OK, the studio is going to back one, obviously. So you go you go and see Rise of Skywalker. And then, you know, if, if the production journey of this movie was so uneven that there's another cut like the Snyder cut, how cool would it be to see that cut? And see a different interpretation of the movie. Like, I feel like most people would want to see that. And and you can love it or you can hate it. But at the end of the day, the studio is probably going to make money on both, right? If, if, oh, definitely. If Disney came out today with a Trevorrow cut and said, go see it, I'd go see it. Because I would want to know, okay, just how different is this? Am I going to like this better? I mean, especially with a movie that a movie like Justice League and a movie like Rise of Skywalker that have seen some divisiveness from very discerning fan bases so if you if know they had it, released two unedited cuts and gave you the opportunity to watch both and pick one for them to edit would you do it um like would you pay full movie price to see both to see both yeah i think i probably would i i, I mean well i see it's tough i think i think what i would do is i would see the first one and if i liked the first one a lot i'd be like all right i don't need to see the second one uh, it, it's it's hard to say i'd probably want to like read reviews and see which one people like better and because then it, it turned it would turn into this kind of competition right of like which director is better and that's probably why it doesn't happen 
That would like, honestly no, be a very interesting gimmick for a movie studio, though. Imagine you have a franchise yeah. that's just getting kind of stale, and then you come out with two different versions, and the audience gets to vote which version becomes canon moving forward. It'd be super expensive, but I think it would get a lot of people m- more interested than if you just came out with a movie that people decided was lackluster. You know? oh, yeah, I mean, because most people then would definitely go see both. Movie producers yeah, I mean, out there, take note. This is your next big idea. Well, I mean, it's not the, consumer friendly, but in the case of but in the case of Star Wars in DC, these two examples we have, like I am a Star Wars fan. If a Star Wars movie comes out, chances are I'm going to go see. Like Solo came out, and I heard it wasn't that good. Guess what I did? I went to see Solo in theaters. Like if a Star Wars movie comes out, I'm going to go see it. So like they could put out both at the same time, and I would almost certainly see both. It's just, it's, I think I don't think it would work with a with a run of the mill standalone movie, unfortunately. I think it would work brilliantly with a franchise movie, especially considering how much money they spend on these movies to begin with. You know, like e- even imagine if they made two different endings of, of Avengers Endgame. Like, yeah, I would I would go see both. And, I, and like you said, it would be interesting to then kind of have this public forum of like, OK, we're going to decide which one is canon. We're going to decide we're going to decide which one we like better. But I, I doubt there's any director that would want to just go f- head to head with another one like that. Doesn't seem like it'd be good. Like, there's so much potential for disaster there, right? Like, if you're J.J. Abrams and you decide, I'm going to go toe-to-toe with Colin Trevorrow, and then he kicks your ass. Yeah, I feel like like, it would have to be two directors (laughs) who are very, very confident in their abilities and, like, very comfortable where, like, they don't really have anything on the line. Right. Like, Martin Scorsese and, like, two very old, very revered directors. Martin Mm -hmm. Scorsese and, I don't know, somebody else. Is Spielberg Spielberg still alive? Yeah. Like, that would be cool. Like, they pick a movie, they both do it. I got it. it hasn't... Martin Scorsese versus Reddit. Yeah, that would also be good. And Reddit versus anyone, really. But yeah, this is all very interesting. Uh, if you haven't heard anything or read anything about the Trevorrow Cut, you, you kind of just heard a lot about it. But um, feel free to go poke around at it uh, yourself. And I guess let us know on Twitter. Maybe we should start up a, a poll or something of which one you think is better and which one you would rather see. If you don't know about our Twitters, now is a great time to shout out the social meds. I'm at OWLegal86. We have at OWNerdBomber and at OWTechnic. And then, of course, we have our main account at OnlineWarriors1. So, yeah, go hit us up. Let us know which of these movies you think is better or would have been better. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting stuff. So, there you have it. Trevorrow Cut. Now we're going to talk about Digimon. And, honestly, I'm going to turn this one over to NerdBomber because she seems more excited to talk about this than anything we've ever talked about. And I don't get it. Digimon. All right, so this is the 20th anniversary of the Digimon franchise this year, and to celebrate, they have announced that they're coming out with a new Digimon adventure story. So um, earlier, I think it was last month, they announced a movie called Last Evolution Kazuna, and that was actually showing the Digidestined original group from the Digimon adventure series, which is like the group with Tai and Sora and Kari and all of that. It's like you're speaking a different language. Well, those characters um, and like Agumon. So basically they are grown up in the movie that they announced and it's basically going to kind of put like a cap end on their story there from the trailer. It seemed like there was something that's going to drive the Digigestions and their Digimon apart as they continue to battle with their Digimon. They'll lose their connection to their Digimon. So immediately 
after that, basically a month later, they've now announced that they'll be rebooting the Digimon Adventure story altogether. So it's going to be a new series, but it'll be the same cast that you know and love, the same original Digi-Destined group from the original anime. And basically the story sounds about the same, but instead of taking place in the 90s, um, the children will be finding their Digimon pals in 2020. So it's going to be a very modern take on it. So obviously that'll change some things like the computer technology and all of that kind of stuff. Um, The story itself is more, it's a little bit different. So in the original Digimon series, the kids all got their Digivices. Sorry, I'm like blanking on what these things were called because it's back in the 90s. You're so excited. But the the Digivices, they all got at camp in this version of it. There will be a cyber terrorist attack and Ty's mother and Kairi are on a train and he has to go save them, which is where he then gets sucked into the digital world along with the other Digidestins. So it sounds a little bit similar. Um, I'm very excited about this. I know Tectic is also very hyped. We're actually watching the Digimon movie right before we came on to record because we were that excited. And Tectic, I'd like to know what your take on this is. So first and foremost, I think this is genius marketing because so now they've released a movie that shows them full-grown adults, which allows us nostalgia 90s kids to kind of grow up with them and get back into it like get hyped for digimon again then now that we're all hyped and and jazzed on digimon they release this which tells us wow we get to relive what we grew up with but it's like a whole new spin something that we haven't already binge watched ten thousand times so you're not upset that they're basically retconning the movie that they're putting out this year with a new reboot of the series with the same characters I'm not because I fell in love with those characters and I've watched it way too many times to watch again at this point. This is very true. I will say there were other Digimon series to come after Digimon Adventure with the original Digidestin crew. And I would say after those first two seasons, when they introduced new human characters, I was just not invested. There was something very relatable and down to earth is not the right word because they were in a digital world, but there was just something that coalesced about the group of kids that they chose for these characters. Ty was my boy. I got no space for no more, no other people. And they always, it felt like all of the other characters that were introduced later on were just kind of like cheap copies of the original characters. And I never really engaged with them at all. I always just ended up going back to the original series. So are you on the same page with me that you think that they're gearing this show and all of what they're showing to us 90s kids and aren't so much trying as hard to get kind of the next generation involved. Well, I feel like the movie definitely is geared towards the people who grew up with the show because they want to continue and see that storyline come to an end because we really left off with those characters in the Digimon movie and I don't think we went back to them. I think maybe there was a cameo in one of the other series that followed, but we never really got conclusion on those characters. So the movie is definitely targeted towards us. I think that the reboot itself, obviously it'll have draw from people our age, but I think it might be their attempt to get people back into the show like little kids because, I mean, Pokemon has been doing amazing for the last 20 years and Digimon was always kind of Pokemon's rival. And so I think they kind of fell off the wagon because, like I said, they abandoned their original characters. So maybe this is their attempt to get back in the game, get new kids involved, kind of like what Pokemon is currently doing with like Detective Pikachu. And I feel like they have a lot of new entry points for kids. And maybe this will be the new entry point for kids to get back into Digimon. So you're, you're, you're touching on now... I don't know very much about Digimon. I'm clearly outmatched in this conversation. I did not know. Has Digimon been going on this whole time and I didn't know about it? 
I thought it died. It it's still didn't going. Die. I don't know if there's still a show, but there's definitely like Looking there's online, been it's, video it's, games. It was in remission. It's it seems like it's very big in Japan. It didn't die. It seems like it's very big in Japan. Not very big here. Like my memory of Digimon, it, and and I'm not a Pokemon kid either. So like with Digimon, there was never any chance because I would whenever you would see someone with Digimon cards, and I had to remind Nerdbar before we start, before we started recording that there was a card game associated with this as well. Like I when you see someone with Digimon cards, the first thought would be why aren't those Pokemon cards? If you were watching the, the show, I feel like the first thought was why aren't you watching Pokemon? I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but it seemed well, like, like from what I remember about my school years, that was the general sentiment. Not not like if you watched Digimon, you weren't cool or anything, but like it was it was playing second fiddle, as I think you essentially just said. So for those of you who didn't really get into Digimon as a kid, one me. thing that I implore you to do is look into the soundtrack of Digimon. That is one thing that it always was one step above of when compared to Pokemon. Even the intro song was kind of this little Digimon, and it was just awesome. Yeah, but okay, the the, the theme song of Pokemon, are you kidding me? It's like iconic. Everyone knows the theme song of Pokemon. I don't know know if you're right about that. I, I don't necessarily agree with the theme song, but I will say that I think in general, Digimon was a little bit more mature than Pokemon was, at least when the both of the shows first premiered. Um, Digimon was a little bit darker. The themes in it were just, there was a lot more evil and it was a lot more violent. Whereas in Pokemon, it was just like Ash on an adventure to grow up and catch them all and become the greatest trainer. Whereas with Digimon, these were kids who were tasked with saving the world against evil, dark people who did really bad things in a digital world. Yeah, I mean, the movie, it sounds like the movie, you said it starts with, like, a cyber terrorist attack. I mean, that's pretty heavy stuff. That's like... what the new show reboot is going to be. But even, like, when we were just watching the Digimon movie, literally, the movie starts with a violent attack between two giant Digimon in the middle of a city and two little children, basically Ty and his sister, cowering as violence is happening in front of them. And, I mean, it was just a very... I think it was an older show and it just didn't hit in the time slots that it was put on because it it was put up against like the Pokemons of the world. I I would argue that it was probably more in line with Yu-Gi-Oh in terms of the age that it was going for, but it was marketed towards the Pokemon, the Pokemon age group. And I I don't think it hit. I mean, mean, wait a second. These are digital monsters. You're saying they're, are they, do they only exist in the digital world or can they leave the digital world and fight in the real world? I know nothing. Both. So they're they're actually a physical threat. And the other the other side of it too is Poke, Pokemon is much more cutesy monsters. I mean, they have monsters with machine guns on them. They have monsters that are dressed very very uh, scandalous. We'll say it's it's very much for an older crowd, in my opinion. I will say though, growing up, I freaking loved Digimon, and it it was it was one of those things where you didn't really admit that you liked it that much. But you, because I mean, everyone's favorite was Pokemon, so you just kind of yeah. The that's Pokemon kind of the point train. I'm trying to make. But I was definitely a closet Digimon fanatic. Like I had every Digivice that ever came out. I had the. We were actually just talking about the Vmon interactive clock, which now that I look at it, I went on eBay and I, I looked up spooky. a photo of it. Kind of spooky. Looks a little bit creepy, like a Furby does. But I remember loving that thing. That that guy woke me up every morning when I got ready for school. And man, I even remember the the last Digivice that I had, it was like when I was getting out of the TV show because I just didn't connect with the characters, but it had like an online battle component and it was one of the first online games that I played because I was a kid. 
and like you used your digivice and you swiped a card and you played against some other random people on the internet and it was like revolutionary for me I was I don't even know how old but I was a kid and I was having a ton of fun and it just felt more advanced and maybe it was because of my love of technology and computers but I just something in Digimon really appealed to me so I for one am super stoked about this reboot super stoked about the movie um I know as of now I think the reboot and potentially the movie. Um, those are slated to only come out in Japan at the moment. There hasn't been any word of an English dub yet, but I would assume that that's coming. Um, so road, road trip. Well, yeah. I guess plane trip. I mean, the trailer that they put out for the reboot was all in English. So I'm assuming there will be an English version of the show made. But as of now, Digimon Adventure, the new reboot, will premiere in Japan later this April. So you heard it here first. I feel like that kind of turned into an in-depth analysis of why Digimon didn't quite find the same success that Pokemon did, but uh, this reboot is coming, so rejoice Digimon fans. We are going to take a short break now, but before we do, I would be remiss if I did not shout out our wonderful Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. You guys have heard Ben's name many times before if you've uh, been listening to the show because he's been supporting us for quite a while, and we thank him for that. Uh, Ben is one of the coolest people we know because he supports us uh, at the highest level of our three levels of support on Patreon. Uh, that is the night level, and as a result, he gets access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog, and he also gets a producer shout-out in every episode, input into our game segment, and the occasional guest spot. So you definitely want to be like Ben. Uh, we would love to have you on the show. We'd love to get some feedback from you on certain things that we say during it. So that's a cool thing for you to maybe do to engage with us. We obviously would really appreciate the support. If you don't want to hit us up at the night level, you can hit us at the squire level, which gives you access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog. Or you can hit us at the page level, which gives you access to the monthly secret segment. So if you are interested, you can head on over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. And uh, with that, we will take a short break and we'll be right back to talk to you about Spencer Confidential. Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon. We're back and we're here to talk about... Uh, Spencer Confidential, which is uh, one of Netflix's offerings uh, in March. A trailer came out for it yesterday. Uh, It features our friend Marky Mark. I've been implored by the other two hosts of this podcast to do an impression on the show. Oh, please do it. Please do it. It's not going to happen. I'm going to I think I'm going to save it for a secret segment or a vlog. I feel like you have been teasing us with this impression since we started this podcast two years ago. You know what? And you know what? I think I think at this point it's worth it. Like I'm trying to get people. If you do it, I'll do my Christopher Walkins on the air. Well, we can do, we can do this in a secret segment. That'll get people flocking to our Patreon. I think, you know, all of the impressions. So good at Christopher Walkins. Yeah. I don't know if I have one You'll do one too. You'll figure one out. 
it doesn't have to be anything impressive. I mean, nothing's going to beat my Marky Mark impression. So you'd be like, you'll, you'll, you'll have to show I'm up. Bomber. Hi, it's not bad. I'm Paul. You could do, you could, we, we should do a, a secret segment and this is, we're getting off topic now, but we should do a secret segment where we, we, we each impersonate someone else, one of the other hosts for the entire segment. So like I would talk like Nerbomber the entire time and, and Nerbomber would talk like, like me. Dark, dark, deep voice. I don't who know was who that? Be. Who was that supposed to be? Of, I don't know. That's the only like. That was, I'm pretty I can sure do. that was Ernie from Bert and Ernie. <laughs> he <broke>. Yeah, it, <laughs> it didn't sound very much like either. I guess I don't really know what I sound like, but it didn't sound like tactics. So I guess it was supposed to be me. Anyways, let's talk about Spencer Confidential. Um, Spencer Confidential is coming out March 6. It's directed by Peter Berg, who is actually he's one of my guys. Uh, he's responsible for the first Friday Night Lights, and I believe he's also responsible for the Rundown, which is one of my favorite stupid action movies this looks very much like a stupid action movie uh as i said features marky mark winston duke who you may know from black panther and also from uh, us which came out uh last year post malone is in it alan arkin kind of looks like uh, your classic dirty cops story lots of fist fighting marky mark kind of doing his thing you know he's, he's kind of on a, on a string of movies like these lately what, what nice was your guys boston accents well okay so his boston accent was good uh one thing i want to call out negatively from this trailer shout out to eliza schlesinger her boston accent is horrendous in this trailer and if you (laughs) don't know what i'm talking about watch it back it is like wow how do they let this on on the screen um other than that that, was like a jersey accent to be honest you know what i don't know what accent marks boston i can't even do a boston accent was that supposed to be a boston accent marky marks boston uh i mean i don't know i it, it, i guess the accent's in the eye of the beholder in this case because she's doing a lot and none of it's very convincing based on a book by the way you would not think that from from watching this trailer based on a book um and the book is actually based on a it's a book written about a character that was originally conceived by another author so it's kind of like you're playing the telephone game with this main character spencer uh, he was originally developed by Robert B. Parker. Then the movie is based on the novel Wonderland, which is by Ace Atkins. So that's kind of an interesting detail. But what would did you, you guys say, think? First generally? off, would you say after reading that book, you wanted to be a cop and that's why you joined the force? Um, I haven't joined. Do you, uh, do you think that, I that joined, he, joined the force? He's Brooklyn, referencing Brooklyn, Brooklyn 99 reference. Oh, you know what? Um, boy the reference i have to be honest the reference is lost on me i've only watched that show all the way through one time i love it so much but um great show this does not appear to be anything like brooklyn 99 which is very funny this appears to be a lot of a lot of mark Wahlberg punching people which you know i'm here for it um but what, what were your general thoughts general impressions it's a three minute trailer there's a lot to absorb i honestly thought it looked quite entertaining it had i I do see the resemblance to kind of the Fast and the Furious high action. There probably will be a couple car chases. I mean, it did have some of the directors from Fast and the Furious having their part. So, but I think with Marky Mark, he kind of puts a hilarious spin on it just because he wants to be all actiony, but to me, he's kind of goofy and I like that about him. Yeah. He's very like he's a guy who he's very actiony, but he's almost it's almost a situation where he's always like I didn't want to be in this situation. And then he starts punching stuff, and, and I think then I very cool. I very much appreciated the Batman, Robin, and Alfred joke that was in the trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. Honestly, Alan Arkin would make a great Alfred. Oh, hundred percent. Incidentally, um, 
I want to get your thoughts too, Nerdbauer. Before before I do, um, I want to go through some of Peter Berg's earlier films. So I mentioned The Rundown and Friday Night Lights, uh, two of my absolute favorite movies, by the way, 2003 and 2004, respectively. Uh, the Kingdom, Hancock, The Losers, Battleship, Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day, Mile 22, and now Spencer Confidential. So the last four movies he has made, by the way, Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day, and Mile 22, I'll feature Mark Wahlberg. I think you could say this is a match made in heaven. Um, anyways, Nerd Bomber, f- further thoughts on this. So for me, first of all, lately, if you have Mark Wahlberg in a movie, I'm there for it. I will watch it. The thing that is my it first of impression... His, his muscles? I mean, Would his muscles... She, ha- he, she has a thing for short ripped guys. He Okay, he's a good looking guy. I, don't get me wrong. I, I like Marky Mark. But I will say he's always just very entertaining. I feel like he very ba- he's a good balance of the action and the humor. I feel like every movie that he's in lately, he doesn't really take super seriously. Like he has some dramatic roles, but for the most part lately, his action movies are just a ton of fun. And that was one of my main takeaways from this trailer is that I feel like Netflix is the perfect place for a movie like this. This is one of those movies where I personally, I don't think I would shell out the money to go see it in a theater, but because this is on Netflix, these actors and the producers and directors and whatnot, they all get to have a lot of fun. You can tell they're having a lot of fun with this movie and there's really no downside because people are going to watch it i think netflix illustrated with i forgot what the movie was called but the movie with jennifer aniston and adam sandler that wasn't even that good i think didn't it break streaming records and like had more people watching it in opening weekend than any movie at the actual theater the one about the person who dies on the yacht i can't think of the name of it right but yeah that one I feel like Netflix and streaming services are the perfect format for these type of movies because it's really a win-win. There's low risk, all the reward. I mean, obviously, it's a higher budget film. And even for consumers, though, like this is the type of content that I want if I'm going to be paying for all of these different streaming services. I mean, it's it's nice to get the movies out of the theaters, which, I, in my opinion, we're not getting enough of from all of these different streaming services. But to also get the this original content, I mean, if you go back five I don't even know when Netflix streaming began. I don't know if it was 10 years ago, but like if you go back five years ago and you looked at the quality of content on Netflix, if it was a Netflix original, you'd be like, mm, unless it's a TV show, I don't really know about this. Right. And now, I mean, these are high budget movies with a great cast and you know what you're getting here. It may not be an A plus movie, but it's going to be a fun movie to watch. So I'm looking forward to watching this. I think I'm probably going to watch it soon after it comes out i probably won't like day one this thing because it doesn't seem worthy of putting on my calendar but i'm sure at some point in the near future when it does come out i think it was what in like march march 6th i think uh, i mean i'll probably sometime in march sit down to watch this movie because it seems like a lot of fun yeah so you hit the nail right on the head here i mean i i will i'm absolutely gonna watch this movie like there, there are movie like there is a place on Netflix for movies like this, where you watch the trailer and you immediately think this is going to be a ridiculous movie, not, not a poorly made movie, but a, you know, a goofy action movie, maybe with some kind of like some buddy cop elements going on, which by the way, if you've seen the other guys, that's one of my favorite Mark Wahlberg movies. He plays a cop in that movie and it's fantastic. Um, you know, I mean, it, when, when I go to on Netflix to watch a movie, it's not always to watch a movie like the Irishman, which I'm going to talk about by the way. Um, it's often to watch a movie like Hitch, which I've seen a million times. It's really dumb, but I love it. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely a place for this on on services like Netflix, and I think I'm absolutely going to watch it. So um, you heard it here first. Go watch the trailer. Let us know what you think. 
on the social meds. Spencer Confidential, as I mentioned before, is coming on March 6, 2020 to a Netflix screen near you. Featuring um, Post Malone. Did not see Post that Malone. one coming. Yeah. Um, Post Malone getting punched in the face, no less. Oh, yeah. Right in the beginning of the trailer, too. Uh, right, right off to right off the bat. I do say um, I don't want a sidebar, but I do have thoughts on Post Malone, and maybe I'll save that for a secret segment. Just, I, I mean, like for him. now though, you can't leave it like that. Do you, do you love him or do you hate him? Initially, I did not like him, but he is a deeper artist than you would think. Like his music, if you actually look up his old school YouTube stuff, like this guy has musical chops. He's not all like auto tuned stuff like you hear on the radio, like. His, even his radio singles like they're catchy i'll give him that but if you actually like go back in his history he's a very talented artist i'm gonna say so, this go he's ahead. weirdly adorable he okay uh, so you're kind of getting at what i'm gonna what i was gonna get at which is i don't know anything about his music his past or his present i've seen him in like in certain situations where like he's been on episodes of television shows he's like been on online shows that i watch and like he's doing interviews and like he just seems like the nicest guy so like i like him not based on his music just on he he has this spotlight of fame and it seems like he's using it the right way so shout out to post malone uh if you're listening hit us up we'll have you on the show you can i don't know drop some bars or whatever the kids are saying these days um spit I'm, fire spit hot fire etc um I, now i'm we're gonna start what are you up to wednesday and i'm gonna start because i, I feel like it it bleeds into the conversation that we were just having because as i mentioned uh, one of the things that I did in the past week is I watched The Irishman. Um, if you don't know, The Irishman is a Netflix, um, I guess you'd call it a Netflix original movie, um, from Martin Scorsese, starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci. It's nominated for 10 Oscars, which is pretty much the reason that I watched it. Uh, and it's also three and a half hours long. Um, longest movie I've watched in a long time. Uh, I don't want to go too into details. Obviously, there's a lot of detail I could go into with a movie that long. Um I didn't think it was that great. I it, it, like if you've seen any mafia movie in your life, you know exactly what you're going to get. If you like that, then you'll love it. I'm not a big mafia movie guy, so I watched it and I was like, I've seen all this before. So that's one thing. So I did watch that by the way, and my you household, yeah. My household always had mafia movies going on going on in the background. And so it was just kind of another thing I enjoyed it nothing Background special noise. but but it, yeah it was it was fine i didn't i did not like it is where I would exactly say. It, it it's fine like i think i would have enjoyed the experience more if it wasn't three and a half hours because after hour two i was like all right this is just a bunch of old guys sitting around in easy chairs eating cannolis and like talk like it's a mafia movie but there's like there not a lot of stuff happens like there are a few killings obviously it's a mafia movie but like not a I lot of action no movie needs to be three and a half hours if a movie hits three and a half hours, it should be cut into two movies. I, I you know, I think I agree. And like, I think this is a case of, I don't want to, I don't want to badmouth Martin Scorsese because he might be listening, but like, I feel like there are certain directors out there these days, him being one, Quentin Tarantino being another, that they just get blank checks to do whatever they want. And, and maybe they've earned that, but like, you don't need to make three and a half hours worth of movie. No one's asking for that you know wolf of wall street was like three hours long and that was long enough you know i could go on about quentin tarantino but i won't uh, i do also want to mention before i throw it over to you guys that uh, i also finished control which is like the fastest i've finished a game in a long time and not because it was a short game it was actually a fairly long game i was just really really into it 
um i th- you know given how few uh, current games i've played it's the best current game i've played in quite a while um love the mechanics the story was all right um it was a little convoluted i thought um there are a couple of side missions that i did not finish i did not 100 percent the game because some of the bosses are brought me back to like made me feel like a kid again like i was helpless to these bosses they were extremely challenging shout me out on the social means if you've played this game and you can commiserate with me because i need that for my own uh, self-esteem next up on the video game uh docket for me i'm actually throwing it way back because i've been listening a lot to the metroid prime soundtrack at work and i decided i'm just gonna play that again gonna be a, a fun experience kind of a nostalgia wow. trip yeah uh with the gamecube that you guys got for me one year by the way so thanks for that um, i'm torn could, here because i'm glad be that you're using the gamecube that we got you but also very sad that you're still not playing the walking dead this is this is i hear you but this is like metroid prime and me it's a love that you have you just you can't try to fight it and it's you're not gonna win okay that's I, fair i i it's it's gonna be a pretty quick playthrough i think just because i know all the game's twists and turns and all the secrets but um I could with that in mind and and in spite of that I could not be more excited to do this so I suppose I'll keep you updated but that's that's pretty old news over to the nerd bomber what do you have for us this week all right so this week one of the biggest things that I've done is I bought call of duty modern warfare and so before you guys groan I kind of broke this cycle of buying the yearly call of duty games I think the last one that I actually bought was world war is it world war ii um And that one was because I was super excited that it was back to basics and back to boots on the ground. And then um, we had to buy a new PlayStation and I got Black Ops 4 with the PlayStation, but I didn't play it that much because I didn't really like it. I'm not a big fan of like the jetpacks and the super, super, super fast shooting. I just I can't keep up with it. Maybe I'm just getting too old for that kind of play style, but it's it's too twitchy and I don't have the reaction time for it. And I would just would get frustrated. I would spawn in and just die immediately and it would suck. So I, I made the jump into Modern Warfare after hearing a lot of good things, and I got a chance to play it. And it, man, I think I probably pumped already like 15, 20 hours into this game. And I will say, in terms of the multiplayer, because that's the only part of the game that I've tried so far, it is probably the best multiplayer Call of Duty experience that I have had in a very, very long time. It re- really like takes me back. Like Modern Warfare good? Like initial oh, Modern Warfare? Oh, yeah. I would say like it, it kind of brought me back to that original Modern Warfare modern 2-3 combat style. And that that's really what I fell in love with when I started playing COD. Um, yeah. I, I didn't really like the jetpacky stuff. And so going back to that play style, I was super excited. Um, I mean, the gunplay is as crisp as ever. I mean, Call of Duty, that's the one thing that people always can give to them is that they perfected gunplay um every gun just feels super good to shoot it's super accurate um i will say the maps are taking me a little bit to get used to some maps are easier to play than others um they did bring back if you if you did play world war ii at all um they brought back the shipment map and that is just chaos and i don't remember it being so chaotic the smallest one right yeah it and it just it I don't like it in this version of the game, and I did like it in World War II, but that's just a personal preference. One of the things I did find was super cool was that on some of the maps, depending on the game mode that you're playing, they actually have it at night. So then you have night vision goggles on, and that is something that that I believe is new to this game, but it's actually really neat. Um, It definitely brings a different perspective to the maps that you're playing on. Um, 
there's one map that has caves and I just avoid that like the plague when it's in night mode because you cannot see anything. So you uh, mentioned, it, so shipment is also, shipment is not in World War II. It's actually in the original Modern Warfare because I realized I knew what, yeah, I knew what you were talking about. Okay. It's in the original Modern Warfare way back in whatever, whenever that came out. See, I never played the original Modern Warfare. I started That's with two one. and three. Yeah. Blast. I think, I think Modern Warfare one is where, I mean, I haven't played in a while, but I think that's where the franchise itself peaked. And and for me, I haven't gone back. You haven't played the single player yet? Because I was going to no, ask you about I that. No, I haven't oh, yet. Geez. That, so, I liked, so the cinematic experience of the single player mode in Call of Duty, I feel like, requires you to sit down and almost, it's probably super unhealthy for me to say, but like one dude, day. one it, shot? Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. Well, because it's, it's like, <laughs> they're like an eight hour campaign. So you can definitely bang that out in a day if you have like a, a Saturday or Sunday where you're not going anywhere. Well, yeah, but Man, it's mission based. It. You can You can break it up. You can, right? but do you want to? Get I'm going to mention what I think is the best part about this game. Nerd Bomber has the mouth of a trucker when she's playing. It's oh, true. Yeah. It's so and true. I had I had work the next day when she was playing it last, and I was in the other room listening to crap. And, and, oh, it and got I, more and explicit. I'm, and I'm by the way, I'm censoring myself. I am censoring say. myself. It is far worse. And it just goes on, and I have to say, I did not know that I am engaged to a sailor. So the thing that I will point out is that I did not realize that I talk to myself as much as I do when I'm playing multiplayer Call of Duty. And apparently I do because Tectic kept calling me out, like he'd be in the kitchen, and he'd be like, what would you say? And I'm like, what What are you talking about? I'm not I'm not talking to you. Like, what? And he's like, yeah. no, you're, you're like talking, you're chattering incessantly. And I'm like, oh. I literally didn't know. So actually, murder you. Hayes has gotten Hayes has gotten me uh, gotten on me about that before, and and I'm not even playing multiplayer most of the time. I'm playing single player, and I can't get past a certain part, and I just start monologuing. And she's like, "What are you doing?" I don't know. It's weird. It's it's like a it's a place I go mentally when I'm struggling with a video game, which sounds like you might go to a similar place. You just have to talk through it sometimes. No one Maybe, has to listen. You just got to talk it out. And maybe not with as many any uh, dirty words as, as you use, but um, I can I can get pretty heated. I'll well, say that much. So the thing that really got me is that I had I've, I've been roller coastering with Call of Duty, where I'll have games where I'm doing really really well. So like considering I've been out of Call of Duty for a few years at this point, um, one of the games that I played yesterday, I went 22 and seven, so 22 deaths for seven kills. No other way around yeah i was gonna say that wouldn't Sorry. be great that would be bad um but then the next game i broke even and like i feel like when you go from having a really good kd to just breaking even there's that sense of disappointment in yourself which is why i kind of got out of call of duty games to begin with it's just because i end up feeling very just like disgruntled after yeah. a play se- session so it's the same reason that i did it's 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 like and i've played destiny too and like destiny was kind of similar but still to me there's no there's no competitive environment like the Call of Duty environment where you really, you're really good on yourself. Like I would I, like you, like breaking even for me in a lot of other games. I'm like, Oh, it's fine. In Call of Duty. It's like, man, I let, I let my team down. I let myself down. I let my right? family down. You know, it's like, it's, it, it really, it kind of wears on you mentally. And I, and, it, and it's, it's designed that way. Right. Cause it's designed to get you to play more cause thinking you'll get better and you'll get better weapons and you'll become this amazing player. Um, I just want to know if like, 
did they i don't i don't really know how this what the story is like at this point but i want to know if they've like if any of like captain price is back and stuff i think he is but you have to let me know about that i'll keep you updated I, okay so i'll give you my dirty little secret every call of duty game i have never played the campaign the only campaign that i have actually played is infinite warfare and that was because we were doing a 24-hour gaming marathon for extra life and that was a game that we had and we all just kind of like sat there and played together through the campaign and passed the controller back and forth because we were like dead tired at four in the morning and we wanted to just do something to keep ourselves awake and that was like a very cinematic experience you're missing that, out on so much like, that I, was the I, only campaign i've played i don't know modern warfare 2's campaign like I, I there's been ups and downs with the campaigns but modern warfare 2's campaign is like one of the best campaigns i've played in any video game black house is all right that's crazy modern warfare was good modern huh. warfare 2 amazing i might have to go back and replay all of these because I, I, I will really say, good like, experiences. I like usually love short, campaign, but. and I hate the fact that I'm one of those people who puts any merit into the statistic that the campaign campaign of a game doesn't matter. Because I think I don't remember what game it was, but the the one that shipped with just multiplayer and was super disappointing. Yeah, like I hate that I'm a statistic that plays into that. So maybe I should go back and give all of these campaigns a, a good world. There, they're worth your time especially considering what you said about how short they are is you can blow through one like you said you could if you want to sit down and do it in a single day you 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 have that capability i just need to basically take a week off of work and play through every campaign sounds reasonable uh we want to make it clear here at online warriors that we do not um we do not encourage gaming for an entire day but if yeah that is that is extremely unhealthy i've only ever actually done that for like charity things and when i was playing spider-man i think every other game i've broken up responsibly into chunks so do it for charity kids and adults i don't know what the age group people listening is technic what do you have for us today okay so i'm really really excited about this one because i received recently a new video game as well and it was dragon ball z kakarot Uh uh-huh and as you know from the whole Digimon discussion we had, I very much harp on the nostalgia. I can't get enough of it. I am a sucker for it. And when I was a kid, I watched the whole Dragon Ball Z saga multiple times, including Dragon Ball and, the, and all the prequel stuff before it. And this hits me right in, right, right in the childhood. Right in the, right the feel bone. And there are some quirky game mechanics that they added. Um, for example, you go fishing with your tail, but if you if you don't know, all the Saiyans have tails except Goku got his tail cut off. Goku is the main character you play as. And so to go fishing with his tail still, he like waves it in the air and then shoves it in his butt. So sure. he's yeah. like weirdly sitting there clenching his butt cheeks and twerking to get fish to bite it. I don't know why they couldn't have given him a fishing pole. And just been okay with that. It, it feels to me like an unnecessary game mechanic, but I, I like this game so far. The fighting is very smooth and intuitive. Um, like I said, it hits me in the nostalgia. There are some slight differences between um, the show that I watched growing up and the storyline in the game, but they're really nothing to clamor about. It's little nonsensical things like oh, this person broke his right arm as opposed to his left arm in the story. Um, 
So that's what I Things love about it. Things that only you might notice. Yeah. That, I love that it's the storyhood because all these other games that have been coming out of the game out in the gaming world has like Xenoverse and things like that just are all this canon and non-canon storyline. And I just, I started losing track and not knowing who all these folks that I'm playing as are. And I just, I didn't care anymore. So to go back to basics was super refreshing for me and I'm enjoying the heck out of it so far. Well, there you have it, folks. We're all playing games. Some of them, some of them are current. Some of them are not in, in my case. Um, We'll probably be talking to you about those games next week or maybe something else. Who knows? Life is interesting that way. Before we get to our game for this week, uh, we should go through the Fantasy Movie League uh, weekly results, and we should let you know that Tactic is on top uh, yet again. Um, Although he did actually, he tied with uh, two other uh, players. He just got the best tiebreaker. So Tactic in first place with $160 I think he's cheating. I think he's cheating as well. We'll talk about it off. I'm calling up the FML gods. I don't know who you're calling, but you should give me their number. Um, Devin Reed also tied with uh, 160. Um, Hipster Pop Geek is our third tire with uh, 160 as well. Nerd Bomber with 159. I mean, you just missed it. You were super close. Uh, Florida Hawk with 132. Spitfire with 113. Ben Checkness, our, our good friend, with 87. Mecha Yoda was 72. Uh, I had 39. Again, again, not really fielding a full lineup here. Secret Asian Man rounding out the top 10 with 17, actually closer to 18 million. So looking at the overall, uh, Tectic is still on top in a comfortable lead at 331 million. So Air Bomber closing in at 324, but still Coming 7 million. Still a million lead. Uh, hipster pop geek uh with 313 florida hawk with two se- 298 devin reed with 286 mecha yoda with 235 ben checkness with 221 spitfire with 139 secret asian man with 132 and i am at 129 and that rounds out the top 10 so uh if you want to play with us on fantasy movie league get your own box offices uh, try and beat all of us. It'll be easy to beat me. You can head on over to fantasymovieleague.com. Look up the league for the Online Warriors podcast. It's a locked league, but the password is podcast, all lowercase. We'd love to have you. Tactic, you got a game for us? I do. So today's topic is artificial intelligence trivia. So can you both confirm that you're not any sort of artificial intelligence to have an unfair advantage? Now, we're, we're not talking about the movie, right? We're talking about the... We're talking about actual AI facts, and it's going to be prices Right rules. And you did not confirm or deny that you are a... I am not artificial intelligence. I'm just intelligence. I cannot confirm nor deny that request tactic. Okay, if you win, you get an extras. <laughs> I'm just have kidding. Okay, so I'm just gonna... you, already, you still have the asterisk. You, you, you already said it. I'm just going to roll right into it and hit you with the first question. Let's do it. $8.5 billion was invested in AI in 2015. How much is projected in 2020? And we're going to kick it over to, let's go with illegal first. You said $8.5 billion? Yes, in 2015. In 2020, 20. 20 billion. Nerd Palmer? I'm going to go with mm, $30 billion. 
Nerd Bomber gets it. It is projected. It is exponential at forty-seven billion. Wow, that's okay. a lot of moolah. I mean, it makes sense though. Why can't I ever win these games? I'm already down. What's happening? Let's continue. I'm Keep clearly your head not up. artificial. You can do this. So I'm the only term one down. The term artificial intelligence was thought up by John McCarthy, a Stanford professor. In what year? Oh, so I go first on this one? Yep. Oh, boy. I feel like that term has to be relatively old because I'm thinking of like all of the old sci-fi books that featured that. Um, I'm going to shoot from the hip and say 1920. Illegal. Um, boy, I, I really don't think it's that long ago. I mean, the first computer was like in the 40s. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 1945, right at the end of World War II. Illegal gets it at 1956. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I'm in it, I'm in it. Shout out to John McCarthy. Thanks for that. What year, and you both should remember this, so I think you could both get this. What year did Watson's IBM AI perform on Jeopardy? Oh, Oh, shoot. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say 2012. Oh boy. I got in the dark for me. I, I really don't I'm not sure. I'm gonna say nineteen ninety nine. I don't even know. I don't even know. That's that's way I, too early. Yeah, I I have messed that up. Okay. So Nerd Bomber gets it. Wait, what? Because I Ill- busted. Illegal busted. It Ooh. was twenty eleven. This is a dumb game. I mean why why are we why are we playing this? I was off by one year. Yeah, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win anyways. Let's keep going. Oh gosh, I should have said twenty ten. So a, a couple of these questions are projections. By 2035, AI is projected to be one-tenth as smart as humans. That's terrifying. When are they projected to be as smart? No, because one-tenth means they're like creeping their way up to being as smart as we are. And when are they projected to be as smart? Yes. Uh, what is this I'm, even based on? I have a lot of questions about this question, but we'll, we'll defer them for a while. I'm going to say 2050. Like, how smart is the average human? That's a good guess, also. Um, Actually, yeah, what kind of human are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, a dumb human or, like, Albert Einstein? They'll be it's able to... It's it's like task-based things, so I would say, like, an average human. Okay. I'm going to say 2060. Ill Eagle nails it. 2060. That's what Damn, I'm talking about. Damn, Daniel. Um, came dangerously close to busting again, but... So we are it. tied up... With one question to go. This is what it's all about, people. This is like the Super Bowl. Same level of excitement. By 2030, how much is AI predicted to contribute to the global economy? In like in dollars? Yes. I feel like this has to be a lot because... Well, so I go first, but you feel I'm gonna, free to... I'm going to give you guys your... one hint. Okay. Alexa is technically AI. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, by do you even think about like the stock market you said by 2030 2030 oh man because like i'm pretty sure doesn't ai control a lot of the stock market decisions at this point like ai algorithms 200 billion dollars i'm gonna say 500 billion because i think it's that much 15.7 trillion dollars all right well i wasn't even close so i i accept the loss that's a lot so invest in ai for those of you listening, it's probably a really good decision. And uh, Nerd Bomber wins this one. 
like what's our G- i haven't hosted a quiz in so long what's what's our gdp relative to that like you're asking America's the wrong GDP. guy honestly. yeah I, I, yeah that I, was a rhetorical question i'm just thinking our gdp is lower than that so i don't really understand how money works it's but. supposed to it's supposed to impact and increase our gdp by 14 percent. there you have it um well interesting i learned something today uh we, we've talked about how ai is scary on the podcast before but this is just another reminder that pretty soon they're going to be 10 percent as smart as us and we only use 10 percent of our brains so it's really as smart the sky's the limit past that point um we appreciate all of you for for coming in have, and hanging out with us oh go ahead i do have one thing to say folks Please. if you're worried about ai the one thing that i think is a challenge for ai to beat humans on is innovation so keep being innovative make a new make a new smartphone app ai is never going to be able to do that no ai ai is never going to be able to make flappy bird i'm calling it right now they would get the idea and be like it's too dumb so make flappy bird make flappy bird too actually that guy that guy probably has the rights to that anyways uh we thank you uh for for spending some time with us uh we really appreciate it we love doing this and we love that people listen to it um if you enjoyed what you heard you can head on over to apple podcasts and leave us a review we'd love to to hear from you either there or on the aforementioned social meds and um we're looking forward to talking to y'all again next week so thanks again for listening and have a great week